which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, you ought to underline that in your Bible, Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. What a wonderful passage. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. You know, the Bible uh, tells the Christian that through salvation, we're no longer in charge. After you get saved, something happens. And we're very familiar with 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. And, you know, when the Bible says, what? Know ye not your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God. And ye are not your own. You are bought with a price. So, therefore, God tells us to do something since we've been bought with this price. And he tells us, therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. When we get saved, we belong to Christ. And I read this passage, and it says, set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. And I thought about uh, the fact that when I'm reading the scriptures, it's teaching me, it's important that we grow spiritually. You know, after salvation, what's happening to us? You know, and sometimes folks get saved, and are you growing in your spiritual life? You know, growth is so important in our spiritual life. This morning, you know, the message was just the simple, basic this is what you need to do and how to get to heaven. I mean, we were at the foundational level this morning, were we not? I mean, we were just hitting down here. And, and you say, well, preacher, why were you doing that? Because there's people that walked through this door this morning and never even heard this foundational message. And, you know, we need to now build upon that, don't we? And so I read a passage like this, and Jesus says, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. Now listen, here's what he said. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. So are you saved tonight? And if so, are you really looking toward heaven, toward those things that have eternal value and not just the temporal things of this earth? And the Bible states that uh, to, to be a saved person, it says Christ, who is our life. He, he is our life. He is what gives us life, isn't it? Now, I'm not talking about just physical life. He gives us our spiritual life, doesn't he? Because this passage then clearly teaches us this in verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Boy, that's exciting. And then, do you know what that means? Hey, if the rapture occurs, guess where we're going to be? I mean, we're going to be with him in glory. Uh, if my physical body be in the grave and he come and the rapture occur, uh, by the way, I get to go just a little bit ahead of you then, right? Because <laughs> it says, if I go before you do, I get to go before you do, amen? And so just, I don't know if it's a blink of the eye or a second or whatever it is, I just know I'm first. <laughs> and the thing of it is, is that what a joy to read a passage like this and know what God's teaching us. And so Paul, I think, gives us this challenge to believers to focus on the eternal. You know, and you think about it, that's where Christ is, isn't he? So when we celebrated today, hey, he arose, right? He sits on the right hand of the Father. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and, and so, you know, I, I've been telling my wife all week, I've been so excited about today. I, I, I don't even know why. I was just like so excited about this morning. And I was so excited to come back tonight because I want to encourage you. Listen, there are so many wonderful things about our salvation, isn't there? Think about it. <laughs> I mean, we get to serve the risen Savior. There's a lot of joy in that. Miss Connie was sharing with me when she came in. She was like, oh, those kids this morning. How many of you enjoyed that this morning? Amen. Wasn't yeah. that just good? Hey, kids are stupid and they mess up. <laughs> it was awesome. 
awesome. And Miss Connie goes, well, it was me. You know, I, I was like, no, nah, I don't think so, Miss Connie. You could have had it dead on, and they would have messed it up for you, right? Because you're kids, right? How many of you enjoy just having the kids in here, amen? Isn't that exciting? I'm thankful to Miss Connie and Miss Vicky for what they're doing, amen? It's awesome. So don't worry about it. I enjoyed it. I was ready to stand up and start clapping. I was up here clapping. So I was going to come sing for a while because <laughs> did you see little Eric uh, when he was standing right here? Did you see him? <laughs> he was just standing there like this, and I was like, he wins the award. He didn't do anything. He just wins, you know. <laughs> He's just so cute. <laughs> we get to serve a risen Savior. Amen. And Miss Connie, I know there are crowns in heaven regardless of how the song went. <laughs> Amen. To put up with kids like that, there's crowns in heaven for that, amen? amen? And we'll get to lay them at Jesus' feet one day. I just want you to think about this. We're challenged by Paul, and he says, listen, uh, Paul wants us to see that we belong to Christ. And he says, look, seek the eternal. Be devoted to that which is eternal, too. He tells us to be devoted to that. And then thirdly, live now for Christ, who is eternal. So if I'm living for Christ, I'm living for that which is eternal. <laughs> not just the temporal, not just the things that are around me. So I want you to think about this. He said, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. This word seek, it's an important word because it sets a challenge before us. And it's to desire, to possess, and to strive for that that is eternal. He said that word seek is to strive after, to go after those things which are eternal. Uh, this week, I just want you to pray for pastor. I've really been praying hard. And Saturday was not a fluke to me. Saturday was an answer to prayer. When Joan Fleckenstein said, come on in and let me open the Bible and share the gospel with her, God answered my prayer. I have been praying for those things that are eternal for Calvary, not just for what we can see, but for what God's doing and what we cannot see at times. Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not always seen, but God's always working, isn't he? And so let's not get discouraged because we don't see things. And uh, let's just stay focused on those things which are eternal. And I look at this, and this word seek is to have that desire to possess and to strive for that which is eternal. And to be risen with Christ is to be saved. And then as a saved individual, our goal in this life is to be fixed on the not earthly possessions, but the heavenly possessions. Amen. I keep praying, Lord, I, I, you know, I just want to win people to Christ. I really do. I just want to see people get saved. I want to start making this baptismal pool that we got to just start walking them through. Amen. Why? Because that's what God's doing. <laughs> he wants to see those souls saved. He wants them to get baptized. And then, listen, that's when the work really begins. <laughs> you think we were busy today? Wait till we start getting a whole bunch more in. Amen. And then people come in and they don't think like we do and they don't act like we do and they don't dress like we do and they don't talk like we do. And then all of a sudden you got them all over the place and you're thinking, good night. What do we do now? Pastor, did you hear what they said? Oh, my gracious. But we got to win them to Christ. And they're different, aren't they? They're just different. And what God wants us to do is to get focused on those things which are eternal. Consider that Christ died and rose again, celebrating Easter for the Christian is celebrating eternal life in Christ, isn't it? That's what we're celebrating. You know, people come in and I'm thinking, well, you know, they came for the Easter egg. I mean, I don't know. They came for the Easter egg hunt. That's great. But really, what are you and I celebrating? <laughs> what are we really lifting up that day? And what do we really want to impart to those people who came here? Amen. 
And so today, even when these kids were whacked out, you were showing the love of Christ. Because <laughs> somebody had to tolerate that. <laughs> Amen? Amen? But she did a good job, didn't she? And so I challenge all of us just to think this way. Our Savior now sits on the right hand of God, and the desire of each of us as believers is to strive for what pleases Him. And I want to tell you something. Striving for what pleases Him isn't always convenient for us, is it? Striving for what pleases Him is not always comfortable for us, is it? Striving for what pleases Him sometimes takes us out of our comfort zone, doesn't it? Striving for what pleases him, I, I think sometimes, wow, this is just odd. And I just shared with Jim and Chris, I had a conversation with someone this afternoon, and it just threw me for a loop. When I asked him if we could be a help to them and what the hell they responded to me, I thought, wow, it's shocking. And the thing of it is, is that that's why they're here, because they need help. Listen, this is a hospital too, Amen. And there are people who are coming here who are sin sick. <laughs> they got problems. They, they, they are not okay. They're not okay. And we need to get them here so they can get better. Amen? And we need to see that the things that we're doing have eternal value. And listen, even when they're driving us crazy, <laughs> it's okay. God's working somewhere in someone's heart, even when you can't see it. When I was young, I, I was a bus kid, and uh, I went to Bible Baptist Church in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. I went back to visit with them. My bus driver, you know that cap you have, Chris, that the one I told you you look like a cab driver with the cap on, you know? He used to wear that cap all the time. He had a cap like that. that he, and he's now an elderly gentleman, and I go to Bible Baptist Church, and when I told him who I was, he went, he said, you're a pastor? <laughs> Because I was the kid, this is true. I was the kid that dove over a seat because someone said something was pushed my little sister, and I dove, I don't know how many seats over in a bus. And I got this kid down in there, and I'm just pounding on him. And that guy came back, and he pulled me off of him, and he separated us, and you're not going to ride my bus no more. Right? How many of you have been there? <laughs> right? But listen, he cared enough to come and talk to my dad. Ugh. Told him what I did. And the only reason I didn't spank this time, because I was like, Dad, I was trying to defend my sister's honor here. So I got out from underneath of that one. But he came and picked me up again. Pastor's in the ministry today, right? How do you know which one of those people, which one of those kids, even that person that just said something so off the wall to me today, when I asked him, could I be a help? How do we know what God wants to do in our life? See, we've got to set our affections on things above, don't we? It's hard sometimes because, Miss Pam, how many times have you invited your family? And sometimes it's yes, and sometimes it's no, and sometimes it's maybe, and sometimes they just don't show. But don't stop. Keep doing it, right? It has eternal value. Seek Christ, for it is said in John 8, 29, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Listen, I want to walk with Christ. Why? Because he's the one that's pleasing God. 
And so if I'm walking with Christ, I'm asking God to get a hold of my heart and help me to do those things that are right. The word seek also incorporates the idea of worship. Therefore, we're to worship that which is above and not the temporal things of this earth, man. We can really get our affections set on some things sometimes, can't we? And I, I see in here, seek Christ who is our life and live daily for him. And then focus your devotion and attention on the eternal. Look at verse 2. He said, set your affection on things above and not on things of the earth. Set your affection is to exercise the mind. Now think about this for a moment. It's to exercise the mind on the eternal. When you think about exercise, you build the muscle, don't you? When you think of exercise, you're building up endurance. You're building up. And so when he said set your affection on is to exercise the mind, to interest yourself with obedience now, to interest yourself with obedience towards spiritual matters, not temporal things. In Matthew 6, 19 through 20, 21, he said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be where? Also, so set your affections, set your interest toward heavenly things. You know, God provides the earthly things, and he will. And sometimes we get our hearts so set on having this, <laughs> whatever that this is. And we get so focused on these earthly things that we forget the heavenly things. And God's saying, no, 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 no. I want you to stay focused on the heavenly. You see, eternal life is not just some heavenly substance given to a sinner. <laughs> it's not just this heavenly substance that a sinner receives at salvation. Eternal life, think about this, is Jesus Christ himself, isn't it? Jesus Christ is eternal life. <laughs> and, and so when I read the latter passage and he says, when Christ, who is our life, Jesus Christ is eternal life. He is that substance. He is what we need. And we're to focus on or exercise our mind and to take interest in Jesus Christ. You know, I used the verse this morning. I use it often, 1 John 5, 11 and 12. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And his life is in his Son. And he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Jesus Christ is eternal life. Set your affections on those things. Set your affections toward those things that matter. Think for a moment how fixed or fixated we can become on, uh, we can become about something. And whatever that something is, some earthly possession. Think about something that has value to you on this earth uh, that you care about deeply. Mrs. Warnick and I, years ago, we were, we were at a wedding, and, um, and, and this couple, uh, Sam and, and uh, Debbie, were getting married, and, and so we go to the reception. And so while we're at the reception, you know, um, they, they were doing the cake cutting ceremony, and so the couple's coming up, and they're getting ready to cut their cake. Big deal, isn't it? Right in the middle of the cake cutting ceremony, someone grabbed the microphone. I think it was one of her bridesmaids. And, and grabbed the microphone and said, everybody stop now. It's true. I have lost this necklace or ring. Was it a necklace? Diamond necklace. And everything needs to stop until we find my necklace. Really? Now, <laughs> she didn't care that it was her friend's wedding or sister's wedding. I think it was her sister's wedding. Yeah. Didn't care about that. 
here we are in the middle of this is being videotaped. <laughs> and they're getting ready to cut the cake. Big deal for the couple. Would you agree that it's a big deal when they're getting ready to cut that cake? But in her mind, the most valuable thing, the most important thing at that very moment in time was not these people's wedding. It was her necklace. Now, I don't know if you've ever gotten there where you've placed that much value on something that you're willing to interrupt someone's wedding, or reception at least. But the idea is that sometimes we can get so fixated on things on this earth that it can cause us to think and do things we ought not do. And would you confess that that same possession that you have here on this earth, sometimes it has you more than it ha- you have it <laughs> And, and really what we need to have is that kind of relationship with Christ. Would you care that much about that heavenly thing? Would you care that much about that individual or for Christ himself? You know, I, I think about a deep devotion to the one that possesses you. You know, Jesus Christ loves us. And he says, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. And so sometimes we set our hearts on things. Listen to this, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And the one that really gets to me is Mark 12, 30. The way he says it here, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. When I think about setting my affections on things above this week, I don't know that I do what that verse says. I don't know that I love God that way. I want to love him that way. In fact, I ask him to help me with this verse to fulfill it because I don't know that I do this. But when he says, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth, I ask myself, how much affection do I have for things on this earth? How much have I desired and strove for things here? How much do I focus on earthly things and forget the heavenly? Forget those things that really have an eternal value. Seeking affectionately that which is above can only be your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that helps you stay focused on those spiritual matters. To have your affections turned toward the heavens, James tells us, draw nigh unto God and he'll draw nigh unto you. How many of you have awakened in the night and you have nothing to do? Everyone's asleep and the house is quiet and you can't go back to sleep. And so you sneak out in the living room and you turn on the TV or you go get on the computer, or you go look at Facebook for a while till you get a little bit tired so you can go back to sleep. Have you ever wondered why God said watch and pray? Do you ever wonder that maybe God woke you up and he wants you to get your focus on things above and not on things of the earth? Maybe the next time you wake up in the evening, don't go out and see if there's a little bit of that meatball sandwich left in the fridge. (laughs) How about say, you know what, Lord, you woke me up. (laughs) What is it that I can do tonight? Who can I pray for, Lord? Is there someone, Father, specifically that you want me to, to bring before you in prayer, Lord? Is there some area in my life that I can please you more? And you start setting your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. So draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Do you believe that tonight? Do you really believe if you draw closer to him, he'll get closer to you? And so if I see in the scriptures to set my affections on things above, do you think if I start doing that, that God will draw closer to me or further away from me? You see, I believe that God desires a much more intimate relationship with you personally 
then we're willing to give of ourselves to him. I think God really desires a much more intimate relationship with us. And he uses terms like affection to use toward us to say, hey, I want that intimate relationship with you. I want to be very close to you. So where is your desires of this life turned to? You know, Paul challenges us to focus on the eternal where Christ now sits on the right hand of the Father. And then I believe the Lord wants us to use, uh, or he wants to use each one of us for his service now. When I look at this, he said in verses 3 and 4, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And I think about live your life for Christ now. Heaven is our home. We're going to spend eternity with him. I ought to learn how to please him now. Amen? I ought to be able to do that now. I ought to be thinking about how do I live for him now. And when you uh, go to your time of prayer, ask the Lord this question. And I did this, and I challenge you to do. Father, do I live for you as I should, as one who is dead to this life and living for God through Christ? I asked him that the other night. Am I really living for myself, or am I living for you? Am I living for Christ Jesus? You know, you'd be astounded. He's not speaking to you audibly, but you'd be astounded of what he'll teach you through the scriptures. Amen. You'd be astounded at what the Holy Spirit will bring to your mind. He'll be astounded at what God challenges you with. And Paul challenged in his own life. He said this, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but, I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The life that you now lead is concealed in Christ Jesus. When you look at this, he says, hid with Christ in God. Now, I like to go hunting. When I go hunting, I don't know why it's always this way. I just, I really don't think the deer can see me that well. But I wear camouflage. And so when I would do my tree stands, I would buy these camouflage things to put around the tree stands. I would be all in camouflage. I would buy dough urine and sprinkle it at the bottom of my tree stand, and I would spray myself down with earth scent. I would put a hat on. I'd put a, a mask over my face that the only thing that was revealed were my eyeballs. I'd put gloves on, so I'd have camouflage gloves on. And, and I would think that that deer, there's no way that deer can see me. You know, deer can see movement. <laughs> They don't really see you. They just see you moving. Because you think about it, they tell us to wear blaze orange. Why? Because the deer doesn't look up and go, look, blaze orange. <laughs> they just don't see it. <laughs> the blaze orange is so we can see each other, right? And I got to looking at this passage, hid in Christ. And, and when I go hunting, I wear that camouflage that the deer would not see me. And to be hid with Christ is not have your life be seen, but have Christ seen instead of you. That's the idea behind it. That your life personally is so camouflaged that the only thing that they can see is Christ in you. They don't see you, they see Jesus. When he says hidden Christ, that's exactly what he's talking about. And I got to thinking about this. John the Baptist said, He must increase, and I must do what? <laughs> Decrease. 
He must increase in my life. And, and so John there in, in John 3.30, he must increase, but I must decrease. John was saying, listen, he needs to be lifted up far more than I ever am. When he came onto the scene, John said, behold what? The Lamb of God. The one whose shoes I'm not worthy to latch it. Isn't that what he said? I'm not even worthy they did. John started to divert the attention away from himself and on to whom? Christ. When people come into the house of God, we need to divert the attention away from ourselves and on to whom? Christ. We want to be hid in Christ. John 12, 32, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And that's what we celebrated today. You know, the lifting up and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, the lifting up was to signify the death he should die, right? That he was going to be hung on the cross. And we celebrate the resurrection, but he says in that, and if I, if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. And listen, I believe there's something in that for you and me. Let's continue to lift him up. You say, why? Because he's the one that's really going to draw men unto him, isn't he? And the next time you go out, one planteth, one watereth, but who gives the increase? God does. God had Joan there yesterday. I believe he answered my prayer but God saved her. I didn't save her. I just told her how to get saved, didn't I? I just witnessed to her. And I asked for God to let Christ be seen in me that that woman's heart would break to the place where she would trust Christ as her Savior. God did that. I didn't do a thing other than be a willing servant to go do it. In his crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection, that should be our focus. And he says, when Christ, who is our life, you ought to underline it in your Bible. Christ, who is our life. <laughs> he saved you. He gave you eternal life. But he is our life, isn't he? It's the way we ought to live. It's the way we ought to desire. It's ought, the one we ought to want to please because he's our life. Think about this tonight. I'm so glad that he died for me and I'm now hid in him. And when he appears in glory, so will I. <laughs> That's a promise, isn't it? And he said, when I shall appear, you shall appear with me in where? Glory. What a promise from God for the believer. Let's pray. Father, thank you.